Hey guys, it's Liz, and you are listening to Dear Younger Me, Love Me, where we give people the chance to write a letter to their younger selves in hopes that we can learn a little bit from their lives. Hey guys, welcome Dear Younger Me. We are here with Maddie Royst, and she is 18, graduated this past year, class of 2020, from high school, and... This episode is going to be released the day before Maddie leaves for Trevecca College or University? Trevecca Nazarene University. Oh, sorry about the Nazarene. (laughs) Trevecca Nazarene University. She's going to major in youth ministry. She's making it official right here on the podcast. I am. I really am. You heard it first. Maddie's going to major in youth ministry at Trevecca. And... Maddie has been involved in campus life for years and years, and she is over at my house all the time. We're hanging out, having deep talks, and I love Maddie so very much and seen her grow so much through the years. And so thinking about how this is going to be released the day before she leaves for college is very sad because I will miss Maddie very much when she leaves for school. Maddie, how do you feel about that? Like, I know your parents, you're just like, oh my gosh, my mom's going to be listening to this on the way down to school or (laughs) that kind of thing. I am so excited to move to Nashville. I was super stressed about it for the longest time, but I am just so excited now and I cannot wait to go and live in Nashville yeah like that's my address Nashville Tennessee you're gonna live in the Nash it'll be so great yeah well I'm pumped awesome um so Maddie you your high school journey wasn't all sunshine and rainbows yeah right um I know you went through a big roller coaster of your emotions just up and down pretty much all of high school yeah right (laughs) um and so I know there was a big part of that was some people shifting around and moving and and all of that. And you've always been a youth group girl who loves talking to adults and loves hanging out yeah. with old people like me and yeah. and other people just because you, you just need that in your life. And so one of those times that was really hard for you was when one of your leaders left, right? And mm-hmm. so I'd love for you to share a little bit about just that whole roller coaster what that journey was for you and just kind of tell the world some of your story. Yeah. So in church, I had a leader who started with me when I was in sixth grade and her name was Katie and she became like my best friend through the years. It got to the point in my youth group where like there were no girls my age. So small groups would be me and Katie just sitting down and having conversations together And so she met this guy and they got married and found out that they had to move away. He is, he's in the army. Mm -hmm. So they had to move. And I found this out at the end of my sophomore year and it devastated me. And I was heartbroken because of it. And I just like didn't know what I was going to do anymore because Katie was my best friend and she was moving. And so... And you went to Katie for, like, everything, right? Absolutely everything. If anything were to happen, like, Katie was my first text, first phone call. She was my go-to person. Like, if I needed something, I would go to her. If I had a bad day, I would go to her. If I had a good day, I would go to her. Like, Katie was just, like, my first resort for everything. Mm -hmm. She was just my go-to. Yeah. And so, when she moved away, I, I... 
I don't even know. I was so sad. And uh, it was really hard for me. And I fell into like a very dark place. And it took me a really long time to like figure out why I was so sad. And like, yeah, I loved Katie. She was my best friend. Why is this hitting me so hard? Mm -hmm. And why can I not get out of such this low place? Like she's moved for a year now and I'm still just so sad over it. Yeah. And so like throughout this, my faith was like pretty much absent. I still like knew that there was a God and like I still knew that he loved me, you know, like all the basic stuff. But it was just like, it was no longer personal for me. Mm -hmm. And I just was missing the part of my faith which I feel like I had always had and just the like comfort of knowing that God's always there for me I just wasn't feeling that anymore yeah it's like you were going through the motions because you were still going to church Mm -hmm. you still were coming to campus life yeah you were still coming to small groups all that kind of stuff but nothing was penetrating beneath the surface because you just had a wall yeah okay and like even with youth group I would I went to youth group so consistently, like, from sixth grade all the way up until the time Katie moved. Like, I was always there. But if Katie wasn't there, then I probably wouldn't be there. Like, even that part of my life was so attached to Katie. And so, eventually, I got to a point where I was able to start, like, reflecting on this and reflecting on why am I so sad? Why can I not, like, feel God's presence in my life? Why am I not, like, taking my faith anywhere deeper? Like, I have just been so complacent for the longest time. What's going on? What do I need to fix? And that is when I started, like, making the connection that Katie had become an idol in my life and, like, a false god in my life. Hmm. And uh, what did that look like for you? Like, having someone as an idol, false god, what, Mm -hmm. maybe explain that a little bit, how that was for you personally. Yeah, So, like I said, if she wasn't going to church, like, I want to go to church, like, because I thought of youth group as a time when I got to hang out with Katie and talk to her about my life and talk to her about my problems, and if I um, was having a really rough day, like, I would just text her or call her real quick and just go to her and, like, complain to her, talk through it with her. It, like, seriously, before she moved, we were meeting, like, one or two times a week because, Mm -hmm. like... I guess I just had that many things I needed to talk about. I don't know. You got a lot on your mind. I guess. And so, but like, seriously, every thought in my head, it was like a thought that I took to Katie too. Like she was just like my person and I went to her for everything. So I think that that is like how like I idolized her. Like instead of taking every thought to God, like everything went to Katie. And instead of going to church to learn about God, I went to church to hang out with Katie. Yeah. And all of these different things that, like, were supposed to be for God, like, it turned into something that wasn't. Hmm. And so once I had realized that she had become an idol in my life, that's when I, I guess, started doing, like, reflection on how it got to that point and what I needed to do to fix it and all of these different things. And so at first, I, well, I coped with it in a really negative way. I decided... Like, I was so codependent on this person, and so I'm like, I'm just not going to, like, let anyone into my life anymore. So I started shutting out everyone. Like, even my friends, I started being mean to them. Like, that was my way of keeping people at a distance. Like, Mm -hmm. I would just be aggressive and, like, be mean and hurt them because if I was hurting them, they wouldn't want to be my friends anymore. You were just trying to drive everyone away. Yes, because I realized that holding 
like having that false god in my life wasn't good and I was trying to just completely make it so I didn't have to rely on anyone anymore which was wrong like we need people to be able to rely on and like we need role models I just had put her to a pedestal that only one person should be on and that's god you talked about how you were in a dark place what did that look like for you so I first of all I had the beginning of my sophomore year I had already started to struggle a lot with depression and I was just becoming like a very anxious person and um just like everything else in my life that was going straight to Katie and when she left that was kind of like my outlet was then gone Mm. and I didn't know who else to talk to I had stopped going to counseling because I felt like I was doing better but then Katie left and I was not doing very well anymore Mm. so I didn't even have that in my life and like I said I was pushing everyone away so I really just didn't have anyone to go to anymore and so I how did that feel like in that so bad I I don't even know how to explain it because it was like when I was depressed I was apathetic like Mm. I wasn't the kind of girl who cried all the time I was the kind of girl who just like lost every single emotion I didn't want to feel sadness so I blocked that out and you know like when you block out one emotion you block out all emotions so I just like wasn't feeling anything I think that when I realized that that was how I was was at GOMAD Mm. my junior year when at cry night I like was listening to all these sad stories and just like sitting there like I wasn't feeling anything and I'm a like very empathetic person I'm good at feeling things with people but I just was not anymore and I just realized like when did I lose myself like that much that like I can't even feel anything anymore like I should be crying right now but I'm just like sitting here like ready to go have a good time after or something Mm -hmm. and for those of you listening who don't know what cry night is Mm -hmm. at GoMad it is a time where we've talked about it a few times in this podcast before but it's a time where everyone gathers together after hearing a couple days of you know God and what he can do in your life and this is a time to just stand up and share what is God doing in your life right now or share like some hard stuff that's going on and what you need help with and it just ends up being with with our school a really really long cry fest where everybody is just weeping and it's a really beautiful precious vulnerable time and that's kind of what Maddie was talking about where she was just sitting there just absent of emotion you were just the wall was up and nothing was going to break through. So after cry night, when I finally realized like how numb I was and everything, I, the rest of my junior year definitely was not like fun and I still wasn't really ready to like grow yet. I think I was still very stuck in like being sad and still just trying to like figure out what was wrong and all of this stuff. And then eventually, as I talked about, like once I finally figured out like how I had been idolizing Katie, that was when I was really able to start and fix it like once I you can't fix what you're doing until you realize what you're doing wrong you know Mm -hmm. and so I had finally realized that she was an idol in my life and that I needed to like go back to square one and like figure out how to put God as the top person and priority in my life again or probably for the first time like I don't know that Mm -hmm. I had that I can say that I've ever really truly had God as my first priority that was like your moment where Mm -hmm. you said 
this has to change. I have to shift this and I have to do something more than what I'm doing now to yeah. really commit to following Jesus. For sure. So after you had realized that you needed to make that shift, what are some of those those shifts that you made in your life to start putting God first in all of that? Yeah. So after I had realized like how numb I had become and realized that I needed to really like shift the way that I was doing life in general. I uh, went back to counseling. I told my mom how I was feeling. How was how was that conversation? Um it was good since I've already been through it. Okay. <laughs> so like first time that was a tough one, but the second time um it was just like a lot easier for me to go to her and be like, "So, I know that I said I was doing better, but like I'm not doing better mm-hmm. and I really need to go back to counseling." Yeah. And that was also the time when I started my medication, too. Like, we did a full 180 right there. We were ready to get better. Yeah. Shout out to Mindy. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Love ya. So, I went back to counseling. I had some hard conversations with my friends, too. And I just kind of had to... Actually, only one of them. (laughs) I had to, like, let her in and let her know what was going on because I know that she wanted to be there for me. And so, I really had to open up to her and be vulnerable with her but also like I had to remind myself that just because I open up to her doesn't mean that I'm automatically codependent on her like I can share how I feel but still like have good boundaries with it too yeah Um, you were afraid of just going back to what you were before Mm -hmm. I I didn't want to make her someone who I would just go to with everything before I would go to God Mm -hmm. so I tried to open up to my friends and that's still a work in progress. Like literally two months ago, (laughs) I just had another conversation of how badly I need to be more, more vulnerable. I started going to church for like the right reasons. I started going to youth group again and making it my priority to try and get there on Wednesday nights. And at Campus Life, I wouldn't just go and hang out with my friends. I would go even if only like maybe one of my friends were going because I knew that like it was a good place for me to grow. And all of these other things that I had been neglecting so much or I'd been going to, but just because I knew that I needed to, I was finally going to get something out of it and to really start working on myself and working on that relationship with God again. Yeah. And so how did all that affect your relationship with God? It went from zero to whatever. What did that Mm -hmm. look like for you? So this was a process all through junior year that I was trying to work on and just like... I was still hitting a lot of lows, but, like, I was also getting better at bouncing back from them and not just staying there. And so, at the beginning of this year, my senior year, I feel like I was really able to, like, make that commitment and, like, that full, like, 180 where I'm, like, like, this is my year. I'm ready to go. Me and Jesus are going to be on fire this year. And uh, that was one of the best moments I've ever had where you basically were like I'm all in yeah and I just like dedicated the year and I mean like essentially my life to him you know like for that's just like that renewal I felt and since then it's really just been an upward thing and like I haven't really seen myself get down to a super low place again and like I've just remained in such this high spot with Jesus because he's become my first priority and like I worked hard to get him there and now it's just like maintaining him there Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And a big thing for you was also helping out with our middle school campus life too. And you being able to take that, that fire that you have for Jesus and then turn that around and pour it into some middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. Um, Watching you do that this year has been really cool. And I know that's something that has filled you up a lot and has kept Mm -hmm. you motivated even. How's that? I know it's motivated you, but how do you think it's helped your faith, your personal faith? I think that being in like a leadership role you're like very used to talking about like how good God is and like how he helps you through like all of your problems and stuff and my junior year I was also volunteering um with like the middle schoolers but I wasn't necessarily believing that stuff as much and I was just saying it because like I knew it was the right thing to say but then this year I feel like I was really able to say it and really believe it and Like, the more that I talked about it, like, when my heart was also in it, I was able to really take it in for myself, too. So, like, as I'm teaching these middle schoolers, I'm also teaching myself and, like, really proclaiming it and not just saying it, you know, Mm -hmm. and really believing it with everything in me. Yeah. So, during your your journey through feelings of depression, through the struggle with codependency, through all of that... Was there a scripture or a verse or story from the Bible that really helped you move through that? Yeah, so a story that I thought of a lot as I was realizing how I needed to like get the idols out of my life and how much of a hard process that was. I thought a lot about Jesus at the temple when he saw like all of these bad things that people were doing and like using it for their own glory and like selling stuff there and like doing all of this stuff but Jesus was like no like the temple's my place like for you guys to come and worship me and my father like what are you guys doing and he threw the tables because he was so angry and just like kicked everyone out basically and uh, from there like they were able to reestablish the temple as like this holy place where people go and I kind of correlated that with my situation and just my relationship with Jesus was very dependent on another person and uh, God really had to uh, fix that for me. And He had to flip the table. He for did. You. He really did. And for him to flip that table, that was Katie moving away. And I, although I miss her so much, I also am so grateful for her moving because that is when I was really able to grow and realize like that's what God needed to do for me to be able to work on myself and work on my relationship with him. Yeah. And God does that kind of stuff where in the moment we're like, this is so painful. Why are you doing this to me, God? Why is this happening? When we really need to be asking the question, what am I learning from this? Mm -hmm. What is he showing me here? How is he refining me and making me into a better version of myself in all of this? So right now, I'd love to give you a chance to read your letter to your younger self. Dear younger me, in these next few years of your life, you're going to experience what it's like to be in the pit of the valley and at the very top of the mountain. I would love to sit here and tell you what to avoid doing and to be more careful of, but I'm not going to because only when you're in the pit of the valley will you be able to grow and climb up to the mountain. You're in high school, you're not going to be happy all the time, but also remember not to get comfortable remaining in that, in that sadness. Remember that God truly is always there and always ready to pick up your broken pieces. Through every hard time, he's always waiting to teach you a lesson from it and turn it into something beautiful. 
When your focus is 100% on him, life will become a whole lot easier. Go to him first because that's the only thing that will bring true healing and happiness. Remain true to who you are and don't rush these years. Have fun and keep your focus on Christ. Love me. Yeah. So how was writing that? How was thinking back on that time in your life when things were hard and writing a letter to your younger self? Um, I definitely cried while writing it, but it was also good because in writing it, I was able to realize that like I am so grateful for every hard time in my life I've had. And I'm able to appreciate them because I've been able to, like, witness what beautiful things God does with it and how much healing he can bring through it. And so I think that that letter was really good for me to write, especially, like, in the midst of this season where, like, things seem a little hard right now. Just remembering, like, how faithful he is and how he brings something good out of every single hard time. So... You talked a lot about codependency and your struggle with making somebody else your idol instead of God. That is something that so many of us struggle with. I know that that's something that I've struggled with my entire life is putting things above God, especially people, close friends, mentors, people that I respect. I put them in front of God because I want their, I care about their opinion more than I care about God sometimes. And so what are, what's some advice that you have for people maybe struggling with that or maybe who don't even realize that they're in that spot Mm -hmm. I think that the best advice that I have is to really sit down and like pick out anything that's coming before God like anything in your life that you're putting before God anything that you're putting more time into than you are with God like that's an idol in your life And uh, like when I sat back and I realized that Katie was an idol, it also made me realize how many other things in my life were an idol and how my friends were an idol to me and my phone, you know, like that's one of the biggest idols we all have. And when you catch yourself in the middle of a hard day, like where do you go first? And what's your first reaction to um, something bad happening? Like, are you going to go and talk to someone else about it or are you going to get on your phone to distract yourself because if you are like maybe God isn't a priority in your life in the way that he should be so for me that was kind of recognizing what terrible boundaries I had and how I struggled to realize if someone is being put to too much of a pedestal or if like I'm going to them more than I probably should be or I'm letting them come to me even more than they probably should be. And so for me, that was asking God, like, where in my life do I need more boundaries? And where in my life do I need to really work on this? And so even over quarantine, like, I realized that my phone was becoming such a bad idol in my life. So I asked God, I'm like, where do I need to let you into this and let you come in? And for me, that was deleting tiktok and uh, <laughs> I mean, that was hard TikTok. yeah it was hard and like setting time limits on all of my apps where I told myself this time limit is not a suggestion like mm-hmm. it's a limit and just putting in these boundaries that I didn't have and I know that that might not work for everyone but just really recognizing where those idols in your life are and asking God how you can fix them because it's going to be different for all of us and so just that like personal time with God and really asking him to help you apply it to your own life. Yeah. And what I noticed with some of the things that you were just talking about is they were 
they were kind of extreme things, right? Where you had deleted an app instead of just being like, oh, I just won't go get on it as much. Because we all tell each other that mm-hmm. and then we never do it. Yeah. But sometimes if you, like if something is in front of God, God wants you to like cut it off and run from it and put him first priority. And so sometimes we have to do drastic things and so stuff that we don't really want to do. And we even have to cut out good things because we're putting it in front of God. Because mm-hmm. Katie was a great person, but you were putting it in front of God. Yeah. And that was nothing that she was doing, but it was something you were doing. For sure. Yeah. And so you had to cut that off. And God was like, you're not cutting it off, so I'm going to cut it off for you and and move you from that. And so, gosh, Maddie, this has been such a fun conversation and so good to sit and hang out with you and talk to you. It has been, I know I've said it a few times, but it has been so good to have you involved in campus life, but also just to learn together with you and to watch you grow through the years. And I can't wait to see what kind of ministry you're going to be doing when you grow up. (laughs) And you've already started doing amazing ministry with campus life with some of these middle schoolers. And I just know that God's going to do some amazing things in your life. And I cannot wait to have a front row seat and watch that happen. And so, Maddie, I love you very much. I'm so proud of you. And I'm really going to miss you at Trebekah next year. But I know you're going to be thriving in in Nashville. And it'll be so, so good. So thank you so much for coming here and sharing your heart and sharing your story on our podcast today and everybody listening I hope that you guys can learn a little bit more about Maddie today maybe learn a little bit more about yourself and I hope you can have some more compassion for yourself and others today go out and have an awesome day thank you for listening to dear younger me love me make sure you guys go and subscribe to us on apple podcasts or on spotify leave us a review share this with your friends And I hope that you learned a little bit about yourself today during this time. And maybe you can also go out and write a letter to your younger self. I hope that you guys can show yourself some love today.